I'm Charlie Clemos. You're listening to Fanfara Tetete, where we have conversations, build connections, and establish links with all the people crossing Fanfara's path. For this episode, I'm joined by my co host and Fanfara's co founder, Freya Kier, and Natalia Yordanova. Uh, Natalia will be presenting the drone show episode of her ongoing project, Grouper, in the Schiff, Fanfara's current space at the top of the Tete Road Tower in Amsterdam. Natalia, um, perhaps we could start by talking about the um, way that the project is being presented rather than necessarily exhibited. So the, yeah, the, the planning like went pretty different from the actual execution mm. because I was thinking in the beginning of having um, quite a unified way of visualizing the, the, work, the works flying from the drone. So basically them... Uh, being projected on the sky, which doesn't relate to any real location, because the sky becomes quite abstracted space. It has no references to a certain city or a certain environment. And But then, when I start filming them, it happened that since we were switching the, the perspectives of first the camera like shooting the work and then mm-hmm. the drone shooting the work from above, yeah. which is dependent very much on what the work is and what is the the perspective to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Then the space started to to be actually quite important for following not really a story, but but a certain um, line of how how the drone navigates through space. It kind of mm-hmm. became very uh, necessary. Mm-hmm. So when you say the space became quite important, you mean the space that the work would be presented in? Actually, I... I claim that this, the the performance of the drone or when the works were, were lifted from the drone is the, the site of the exhibition. Okay. And what we do um, what we would do in the space it's a presentation of the project because that's the that's the main standing point that it has no um, dependency on a proper exhibition context to exist. Mm. And it's not it doesn't require this ultimate point of view but uh, but at the same time it's because the context has been part of producing the works the, or the context where the presentation takes space becomes also really relevant in the sense that i can imagine that if you would show it again somewhere else it also yeah would be looked at differently yeah that's, that's why um when i was invited to do a, a project here mm-hmm. i didn't think of presenting a, an individual work no since I think of this project as a group project because uh, indeed I, I invite people to participate but on a on a when you when you zoom in there each individual work it's a smaller work in the, the bigger project mm. so in that sense um, I see it as a form of conversation mm. and the way the way we discuss what is this meaning possibly generated by this context becomes mm. very important for me later Mm. in order to take all those decisions. One of the works is burning out while it flies on the drone. And this was a decision taken out of the conversation mm. for one or another reason. And that was the reason to choose the, the location it mm. shot. And I, and I think that's uh, quite a uh, very light way, quite um, attractive to me also. Mm. But when I, when I saw the space and the, the fact that it's... It's a space as defined, but it has no no walls, so it includes the outside. Mm. Really made me think of uh, this long, 
long time idea I had, so I decided to uh, yeah make it. This idea of the uh, yeah the, having an exhibition yeah. on a drone. Yeah, yeah. And so it always starts with what if a, a work is lift, it's actually lifting from a drone, and then it goes into what if a work from a lot of people is lifted on the drone. How this how the conversation between the space and the work could possibly happen, and then in between all the works, mm-hmm. and then in relation to the environment. Mm-hmm. So the I mean in that sense you want the people who seeing the presentation won't see the actual artwork performance yeah it's quite and in some sort of hypothetical scenario case scenario you have a a crowd going to uh, on top of a hill and they look at a drone lifting a work but this doesn't really this doesn't really work in my head because there's so many parameters that you cannot um, control mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily a bad thing apparently but but there's something um, that there's something lost. This kind of uncontrollable point uh, perspective, actually. So well, you, you sent us this text by Hito Sale in Freefall. Is the work kind of how is it informed by that? I. I'm glad you used the word inform because I think like the way the way we speak about certain writings, let's call them generally, uh, in relation to work could be quite problematic for me personally. For sure. Yeah. I've been always thinking how a certain piece of information, no matter being a, a heavy hermetic theory or a poetry, where you can enter from a very subjective, like... Um, point of view, how could that relate to the work and does it become the content of the work or does it inform it, which Mm. is the most correct, it seems, word to use. But when you asked me to send a text, I I send you this one and then I really needed to to read it again, to remind myself why I was so like attracted to it, what I was reading and why I actually thought it is the one that uh, relates to to the work the most. And it after actually um, um, being almost in the end of the process of this this whole project, um, really felt that uh, that actually the process was backwards. That it almost I would like respond to things I'm reading because like it was kind of like repetitive patterns. Starting with um, this idea of the f- the free fall and the direction um, and what kind of space we are at. Mm. Thinking about again about this. Um, ability to um, to see a certain condition if you're actually uh, embodying it, if you're actually part of of a social group or, or if you're part of a group of um, individuals that are all embodying this certain condition, to what extent we can actually like take a distance and see that happening. Mm. And that that's what makes me think of the idea of the free fall. It's an interesting, um, in line with that text and also with your work where you're using the drone as a point of perspective and the drone in that sense is providing a perspective which is not, well, of course it's controlled by a human being on ground, but on the other hand there's also things that you cannot control in the perspective the drone gives you or provides to you. And I think that also links quite a lot to 
what Hitsu style, for instance, is, is touching upon by speaking about how our perspective is changing and how, for instance, um, our, um, our, like becoming used to using services such as Google Maps or whatever, which is actually, it's not human created perspectives. But we're not like, I mean, we, I just still think that people aren't quite there yet in terms of acknowledging that there is more than just the linear perspective. Oh, but Yeah, but I do think that, I don't know, it also depends on exactly what you mean with the linear perspective, but in a way, um, like for instance with, I mean, developments of the, phot the photography or yeah. this idea of a one, the perspective always being based on, on, um, on a one point of view or like of mm. the, of the, perceiver being in the center yeah. that's kind of I don't, I don't I don't think that's how I don't think that's correct to how we actually necessarily but I mean that this is the thing I was kind of as I was reading through it like thinking like I can't quite work out what's new I don't that think was, there's anything new and I was uh, and I was prompted to like look at the painter of modern life at one point which is this like essay from 1850 where he's basically saying that um, it's about Baudelaire like exactly the same thing you know that like but I'm curious, like, what is it about our current present moment that is particularly startling, I suppose? Or, but there is this persistence of the linear perspective, right? And it's like a really useful ideological tool for us to kind of continue to see ourselves as selves, right? Rather mm -hmm. than there being this, like, numerous perspectives. And I mean, this is the kind of again this isn't new because it's postmodernism saying like there is no self and like we're kind of seeing everything from every angle so Maybe. what's new you know yeah it made me think of two things what you're saying or some something in between like that there was this uh, bit off topic or maybe it's on the topic but People are arguing at some point, like what, what is what is the difference between um, a video being a work and uh, and a documentation of work? What is what is this detail that would actually make the difference? Mm. And the main point was that which is quite an interesting or relevant question in regards of this work. A work course. actually becomes like a perspective that you, as a viewer, cannot take yourself with your own body. And that was extremely fascinating for me since I was working on a video work that was based on four different, let's say, video documentations mm. to like a video and then photo scanning of the space of the performance. And there was a video of performance and I was working with those and some people were like, isn't that documentation? I'm like, uh, yeah, no, no, I don't know. Like I was really... I knew that it's not, but I couldn't really like make up my head around it. And then yeah. there was this um, witty person saying that, that is actually the, <laughs> this perspective that you with your own body cannot take. And uh, that's what, uh, what I thought of when you were speaking about the perspective that is controlled by the human, but then it's sort of embodied by the technological tool it's a perspective mm. that you cannot take with your own body mm. and then with the linear perspective it's more it comes actually like with uh, this idea of um, that 
we're scattered because or like we are um, more and more far from any understanding of the linear perspective because our experiences are not linear anymore. We're being here on this rooftop and I'm scrolling on my Instagram feed while speaking to you and then in a bit we can uh, uh, watch a streaming from somewhere and we're so used to that and so um, taking it for given and granted and with a faster connection and with a with a with a faster feed and with a better and like uh, yeah with a better transition between one to one another that we cannot actually um, maybe notice that easy that it's um, it really relates to the experience but i think <laughs> speaking of experience I'm, i'm not sure if you could ever argue that I mean, maybe maybe there was never just like one linear way of understanding things. Maybe that's never been. Maybe that's also why there's this. Well, I mean, well, that's what I think problems it's... with. You think there is? No, no. I was going to say like uh, that's why I think it is purely ideological, right? It's mm. like the the um, that perspective, and and it still will have preeminence because you, we live in a society where like we're thoroughly encouraged to see ourselves as individual subjects with agency of our own that like you know as completely selfish actors you know it's very difficult to get away from the idea that you're actually produced socially or something like that you know and so like that perspective has always I mean it never like the essay itself says it was a construction of the 14th century the main way that seeing is re represented yeah. to us is through the eyes of an imagined single perspective yeah. where, with a vanishing point. I was quite interested though what you were saying about the, this idea of like um, almost denying the, the audience the <laughs> opportunity to actually engage with representation in that way, right? Well, the thing is that it still ends up with the, this eye, eye of the beholder mm. attitude towards towards the final outcome and actually in relation to um, what you were saying about the dinner perspective I was, I'm thinking that the disconstructed order of how people are seeing things is completely different even though we find examples of people already like trying to think and understand like what is this perspective from which we're looking at things but today when we speak only about what what I feel is right attitude and what I see and consequently like influence my feeling and makes me act is is the the right thing to do mm. then then this this perspective it's completely abolished it's not it's not possible to exist anymore because then it becomes this kind of n number of perspectives since each one is correct each each one is, is each one is right it's all about how you feel is right that's what uh, humanism tells us or the good part of it at least But to um, your question, since it's, um, finally I um, I think of the of the project as an exhibition format, it's also in a way depart from um, established ways we look at work and and also perhaps spaces we look at work and coming from there. And it takes a certain um, standing point in, in that sense, kind of a, I guess, 
take a distance from a, a limitation of a, um, exclusive commercial gallery spaces and doesn't wait to be invited there, rather like uses the the spaces that is above us and has not necessarily belongs to a particular location. But coming back to Krupa, which is like cause the presentation shown on Friday is the third show yeah. of Krupa. Um, does it relate to the two former presentations? It relates in a way that the structure is the same, mm -hmm. but then the, the, the context always implied slight differences that are um, a reference of the context. Mm. And that's actually the main, the main idea that's mm. different from, um, from a non-referential gallery space, all those contexts oh. already have um, uh, a cer certain meaning that they carry by themselves because they're either like a, a social space or like a public space or an existing structure or they put the work in a certain relation to the way it's viewed. Mm -hmm. the, the drone show is the biggest until now, mm -hmm. but it has this similar structure as the first two. There is a few, I mean, there's this thing what you were saying about the layering and the mm -hmm. idea of the whole process and yeah. how how I think about the work in general. Yeah. This is kind of like a constant process and then reflection and kind of sort of, because people are, oh, oh yeah, so you curate this thing. And I mean, it's a thing that is it's problematic to kind of like place it somewhere and mm -hmm. we need to do that so we can function in a way. Mm -hmm. But also there's, sometimes a misconception with the project and what do I do exactly, uh, what is the work, but what is the work, like after 15 minutes speaking. That's why I also don't quite see myself as a curator, but then I see myself as um, mediator rather than me using their work, completely recontextualizing it and putting it in a space. Mm -hmm. And that's also then why, for instance, in the the text it doesn't say that you curated it it says that it's no. initiated by because when people ask me what's the work and yeah. then i kind of think of this when you have um an image of the planet earth i mm -hmm. like thinking of it as a uh, group photo of all of us mm -hmm. that's cute because we're all there but then there's not necessarily this very explicit point of access in order to see all the people mm -hmm. inhabiting the planet so in that sense, like like on a larger scale, the the project is the work, mm -hmm. since it it creates the structure and it's the main ship or the main carrier of, of, yeah. of everything else. And then on a micro scale, like each work of each participant, it's an it's an artwork by itself. Yeah, and I guess taking it back to this whole story of of narrative or whatever, I guess it's also it's also important important to acknowledge that. I'm going to use the word now, but a curatorial process will never and can never be um, neutral or objective because you are already... Um, but I think even by, by taking this specific position, mm -hmm. uh, it's not like I'm not taking a position on uh, curatorial work in general. It's just that's my position on the whole process or... It's kind of whole like conversation about artists being curators and like the whole relationship, or maybe even just the condition of like, um, I mean, not having to wait about uh, 
being uh, part of this one percent of artists um, introduce uh, yeah just being part of a gallery uh, kind of system and just making shows with my friends mm. DIY basically sort of <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a bit of a dirty Fanfara Tete Tete is a Fanfara production hosted by me, Charlie Clamos, and Fanfara co-founder Freya Kier. You can follow this series on Fanfara's Facebook page or by subscribing to Fanfara Tete Tete on the podcast app.